Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Newspaper Podcast. Today is January the 4th, which can only mean one thing, Wrestle Kingdom Day. Yep, today we're reviewing the Wrestle Kingdom 13 show that finished, what, a matter of hours ago from the Tokyo Dome. It was a... Hmm, the show, it was an interesting show, it was a very different Wrestle Kingdom show to the ones that we're used to, we'll get into that all later, but I'm just going to talk about the main things coming out of the show. Eight title changes, yep that's right, this Wrestle Kingdom, there was eight title matches and eight title changes, the main one being Tanahashi, who is now your new IWGP Heavyweight Champion after beating Kenny Omega in... Well, it was a great match. It was a really, really great match. We had Naito, who defeated Chris Jericho. He's your new IWGP Intercontinental Champion. As I say, I did another great match with Jericho. I thought it was a lot better than their encounter at Dominion in June. Um, other things that have come out of the show, at the start of the show, New Japan announced they've got numerous dates for the next year that are different than usual. I think there's a G1 special. I think the G1 opens in Dallas, I think they announced that. Um, there's a show in the UK, August the 31st in London. I think the building holds about 7,500, so maybe that will probably be a big show. It will be a big show for the UK. Um, but the biggest announcement is this. Next January... Wrestle Kingdom will be a two-day show, January 4th and January 5th. Now, this is huge. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people love Wrestle Kingdom. The fact they're now doing two shows, it just shows how far the company's come. Not too long ago, they were struggling to sell 10,000 tickets for one day of the Tokyo Dome. Now, they're that confident they're having a two-day show. Now, they didn't actually announce if it'd be the Wrestle Kingdom show. Maybe they're going to do New Year's Dash on January the 5th at the Tokyo Dome. I'd be very surprised about that. I think they should go with a two-day theme. As as you saw from today's show, a lot of people struggled to get on the card. There was a big issue, for me at least, with the timing of the show. A lot of matches that we was excited for didn't go as long as I would have liked them to. But yeah, so hopefully next year, it's going to be, they're not going to do New Year's Dash, are they? It's going to be January 4th, January 5th, a two-day Wrestle Kingdom show. Right, now let's get into it. Let's talk about the show. So January 4th, 2019, the Tokyo Dome, a crowd of over 40,000, the biggest crowd in years at the Tokyo Dome. It was, I got myself over in the UK, I think the pre-show started at 7, the main show started at 8, I got as many coffees down me as I possibly could before the show, as I needed them, I was knackered this morning, so yeah, I was ready for the show, I'd got me pot of natural yoghurt down me, I was ready to go, so, enough of my dietary information, but yeah, the show opens, and it is the dream match we've all wanted to see for possibly years now. And that is Will Ospreay versus Kota Ibushi. Now, I thought it was a bit of a strange position on the card, you know what I mean? Usually, your typical New Japan card, they start off with your, say, your least anticipated match and work your way up to the most anticipated match, closing the show. And each match gets bigger as they go along. But here, they sort of took the WWE route of having... A big match followed by a match nobody's bothered about, like a transition match, followed by a big match. That was at the start of the show anyway. So for me, it was a strange start to the show, I thought. I thought people would struggle to follow this match. They'd either go out there, if they went out there and just went all out for 20, 25 minutes, like I thought they would, it would have been impossible to follow. But they didn't do that, unfortunately. 
Now, I'm not going to bury the match. It was still a great match. I think we're just being a bit spoiled. Well, I'm being spoiled. Here I am. Osprey, Ibushi, I was expecting greatness out of it. I was expecting to be talking about this match for years. Now, I wouldn't quite go that far. Do you know what I mean? It was a, it was a very good to great match. Um, notably, the match for me was wrestled with a little more of a heavyweight style um, than we're ha perhaps used to in Osprey matches. Do you know what I mean? There was some high flying spots, of course, because him and Ibushi are known for them. But it was a bit more. There was a lot more strikes in the match than maybe you're used to in an Osprey match. But the ma it, it was it was an excellent match. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't the classic match, but it was excellent. This, as as you'd expect, they hooked you from the start. Um, there were spots for right from the start. They were both working extremely stiff as well. That was a big note. Ibushi hits a running knee to Osprey, and it bro the replay it proper made contact with Osprey. He will definitely be bruised tomorrow. And there's some great reversal sequences in the match. Yeah, they, they both counted each other's Spanish flies. Um, yeah, there was Ibushi gets bloody somewhere. I think he might have banged his face against the ring post. Do you know what I mean? While he was on the top rope messing about up there. But yeah, so the conclusion of the match. Now, you've probably all seen the gif or the gif or whatever it's called. Osprey runs and he basically gives a running forearm right to the back of Ibushi's head. It literally almost decapitated him. What a brutal shot. Literally, honestly, it actually looked like he'd actually knocked him out. It, you need to see, you'll probably have all seen this gif anyway by now. But it was a great spot. Osprey then. Gets him up and hits him. For, is it Stormbreaker he calls it now for the pin? I'm not really, no, I don't really know the names of all the finishing moves. I'm not really that into all that sort of stuff. But yeah, he hits his finish for the pin. I feel like it was a bit out of nowhere, to be honest with you. They, they'd gone about 15, 16 minutes, and it was, it was really good. And I'm thinking, if they just could have the... You, in New Japan, you usually have the typical five or six minutes finishing sequence where they're kicking out of finishers, the place is going crazy. But that wasn't really in this match. And I felt that was what stopped the match from being the classic match we wanted. Instead, it was just, it was just a really good match. So yeah, your new open weight champion is Will Osprey. I'm expecting it to be a big year for Osprey. Hopefully, he'll be moving up into the heavyweight division. Obviously, this title is an open weight, so he's not officially a heavyweight. But I think this starts the transition for Osprey being a heavyweight. He looked a lot bigger when he came out. But yeah, so Osprey wins the title. He's your new openweight champion. Ibushi looked... I, I don't know if it's story. I'm guessing it. I think it's probably... It's going to be story, isn't it? Ibushi was taken away on a stretcher. I didn't really think the commentators did a good job of selling it, really. That he was really badly injured on the stretcher. But anyway, Ibushi is taken away on a stretcher as Osprey leaves and is your new champion. So on that match, I've gone four stars, which is... It's a very good match, isn't it? Four stars is a great rating, but obviously we're all a little bit spoiled with the greatness of New Japan from the last two years, so I kind of was hoping for a bit better, but that's just being picky. It was a great match. Now next, we had the... What was next? It was the IWGP Junior Tag Championship, yep. Uh, Kanemaru Desperado against Shingo Bushi against Sho and Yo. Now this match, it was, it was just... I don't know, it was like a raw tag team match. It was a quick match. It was just like a transition to give you time to recover from Osprey Bushi, maybe. I don't know, but the match goes, it was less, got to have been less than 10 minutes. I wasn't, to be honest with you, I wasn't really paying that much attention. I was too busy reading Twitter about the responses to the Osprey Bushi match, so that's on me. But not a lot seemed to happen. 
Obviously, I paid attention to the final closing minutes of the match. Um, for me, triple threats, they just don't seem to work in New Japan that much. Um, these teams, though, they did actually have a triple threat match, didn't they, at the, at the finals, was it, of the junior tag tournament? And that was a lot better than this, but they was given more time. There's not much they can do in, what, eight or nine minutes. So, yeah, Shingo and Bushi, they get the win, and we have our second consecutive title change. So, Shingo and Bushi are your new junior tag team champions. To be honest with you, I was hoping they wouldn't win, as I wanted Shingo to go for the junior heavyweight title. Shingo is a fantastic singles wrestler. Just check out some of his other work for that. Now, next is the British heavyweight title match between Ishii and Zack Sabre Jr. Now, I'm really big fans of both of these two. They're probably... Probably two of my favourite wrestlers right now. I think they both deliver great matches. They were both outstanding in the G1. They both had excellent years in 2018. Some of the matches... If you did a top 50 list of matches from 2018, I reckon these two would be in at least 10 of them. At the very least, 10 of them. Because they were in some great matches, obviously. These two had a match in uh, New Orleans that I was live for at the Rev Pro Show. And that is where Ishii actually won the title in the first place off Sabre Jr., um, and that, that was a great match. That For me, that was the best match I saw all weekend in New Orleans. Obviously, WrestleMania didn't really have any classic matches on, but the Ishii Sabre match that weekend was the best match, and I'm pretty sure all the people that were with me at WrestleMania, Danny, Neil, everyone like that, Sean, they'll all agree this was probably the best match we saw that weekend. Um, so the match, it annoyed me. This this match, give, if you give these two 25 minutes, they'll go out there, you'll get a five-star match. It would have been brilliant. But no, I think maybe they went 12, 13, 14 minutes, something around that time. Obviously, in that match, you didn't amount of time. You don't have the time to tell the story that you want to tell, that these two are capable of telling. But they tried the best. They worked the best with the time that they was given. Sabre destroys the arm of Ishii. As you can see in the exhibition in this match of the transitions that Sabre has was just excellent. These two work great together. They've got so much chemistry, and I think it's I think it's criminal to be honest that they didn't get 20, 25 minutes. Hopefully, we won't get this next year, as obviously it's looking like it's a two-day show. So these sort of matches hopefully will be given the time that they deserve next year. So yeah, so Saber he submits Ishii clean in about I say about 12, 30 minutes. Saber, I think Saber's better off being the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Champion, as obviously him and Suzuki are tag champions in Rev Pro. I'd love to see them two in a singles feud, and I think we will probably see a Saber Suzuki feud over this belt in the upcoming months. But yeah, Saber wins via submission. It was a very good match for the time they were given. They did a great job. It was the third title change of the evening, three out of three make that what you will so i've given that three and three quarter stars right next what did we have next we went back to another sort of transition match it was the iwgp tag team title match gorillas of destiny bullet club whatever you want to call them versus evil and sonada versus the young bucks another triple threat match the japanese aren't really used to triple threat matches so the second one on the show was a bit bit strange for me obviously the young bots just basically got thrown in there for something to do as evil and sonada actually won the tag league to earn this match against god but young bucks claim they were owed a rematch from the loss in in was it in san francisco in september yeah so i, I would have preferred just the the typical one-on-one -on -one tag team match for this but 
Um, obviously, books they're leaving. I don't know if it's it confirmed they're leaving. I know Cody's probably going to be leaving New Japan, but I think from what you've seen here, the books will probably be leaving New Japan too. Um, there was no mention of all elite wrestling as you'd expect, which is maybe interesting because New Japan they don't hesitate to talk about WWE, Ring of Honor, Rev Pro on the show. No mention of the word all elite wrestling on this show. Which is very interesting indeed. Um, I messaged my mate Danny before this saying 100% books are eating the pin. It was obvious that was the case. And that is what, exactly what happened. I myself thought the Gorillas of Destiny might retain the titles. I think they should have retained the titles if they're trying to push the Bullet Club. But Evil and Sonata win the match in about just over 10 minutes. This was a good match. It wasn't great. It was... Just your typical. It was a standard. Put it this way, if you watch the Tag League of New Japan, which I watch quite a lot of, it was just your typical match that you'd see on those shows. It was fine. It didn't really have a place on the Wrestle Kingdom show. For me, we had the fourth title change of the night and another good match, but I don't watch Wrestle Kingdom to see good matches. As spoiled as that may sound, I watch Wrestle Kingdom to see the best damn matches. Anyway... Next, oh Christ, next we had Cody Rhodes versus Juice Robinson for the United States Championship match. This was a rematch of their match at Wrestle Kingdom 11, just after Juice had finished his time being a young boy. Cody, I think, had just started in the company then. To be honest with you, I remember watching that match live. That match wasn't very good either. I didn't really enjoy that match. I didn't really enjoy the match they had in San Francisco again in September. One thing I noticed about this match, right? This was the least anticipated match on the show, you'd probably say, right? I'm just going to rewind you 12 months ago. Who was the United States champion? It was Kenny Omega. And who? what was that belt involved in last year at Wrestle Kingdom? Arguably the biggest match on the show, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Fast forward 12 months later, and it's in the for me the least anticipated match on the show which just shows the sort of job they've done with this United States Championship over the 12 months so yeah this this match is, do you know what it was just felt like your typical Ring of Honor main event five minutes in Brandy's interfering she gets ejected they go back and forth for a couple of minutes Juice hits his finisher on Cody picks him back up hits his finish again on Cody Juice is your new United States Champion what was it a 10 minute match so, your fifth title change in the Raw, and at this point I'm thinking this is getting ridiculous now. We've had five matches, five title changes. <sighs> anyway, so, yes. Two Americans wrestling on Wrestle Kingdom, and this is the sort of match you get. Now, I'm not being racist, but it was just... I don't know. Two Americans going at it at Wrestle Kingdom, for me, just doesn't quite work. Obviously... I don't know, I'm going to leave it there, but for me, that's not really Wrestle Kingdom. Now, next, we had... Actually, for that match, I'm going to give the match rating. I went for that match, I gave it two and a half stars. Right, next, we had a match that I was really looking forward to, in fact, and it was Kushida defending the junior heavyweight title against Ishimori. Um, now, this match, obviously, Kushida... He, I'm not his biggest fan, but he's great in ring. He bores me a little bit personality-wise, a little bit like Sonada, but he can deliver in the big matches. He usually does. He's been in some great matches for the junior heavyweight title over the last few years. 
Obviously, Ishimori is fantastic. He had the classic match with Takahashi um, last year at Corican Hall. That was probably, for me, the second or third best match of the year in the world of wrestling. So I was hoping, just, you know I mean, after what we've watched before, I was thinking, just give these guys 25 minutes, let them go out there, tear the house down, get the show back on track. But it's going great. Do you know what I mean? I'm enjoying the way Ishimori was fantastic in this match. He was smooth as anything, crisp. Everything was great in this match. So I'm 15 minutes and I'm thinking this is going to be brilliant. This is going to be brilliant. Bam. Ishimori hits his finisher, wins the belt. As sudden as that. And I was just sat there looking around for my room for a reaction off no one. Because I watched it on my own. But to just finish the match like that, I was a bit disappointed. Do you know what I mean? 15 minutes for this match or so. They should have been going out there going crazy. It's the junior heavyweight title. I want to see craziness in this match. Look at last year's match. The Fatal 4-Way. Was it Osprey? Os- obviously, I bet. Osprey, Skull, Takahashi and Kushida in that match. And that was probably one of the, better ma- the best match on the show, maybe. Top three matches on the show. But I'd say this was for the third match on this show. It was a match where it was like they'd cut out a chunk of five or six minutes at the end of the match. For what reason, I don't know. To give the main event more time. But it didn't work for me. It was a really good match while it went on. But it just... The story of the show is just not given enough time. Do you know what? It's Wrestle Kingdom. Give them time to go out and kill it like they've been doing for the previous years. So, yeah. So, ugh, sixth title changes it. Is it sixth? I've lost, lost track. Ishimori is your new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. As I made my way downstairs to make an extra strong cup of coffee to lighten my mood and cheer me up. Next. Okada versus Jay White. Now this match, signal for me, Okada is back. He's in his shorts, he's finally got rid of those stupid pants. You've never seen as much internet reaction to a man changing his pants in your entire life. He's doing his Rainmaker poses, the crowd are going apeshit for him, he's so over it, and it was brilliant to see the old Rain Man Rain Man, sorry, Rainmaker is back. He's going crazy, the match is good. This is the loudest you've heard this crowd. The crowd is really quiet. I know Japan, Japanese crowd are known for being respectful and quiet, but it just seemed even more so tonight until this match. The crowd love this match. And then Okada hits his... What's he hit? The Rainmaker. One, two, Jay White kicks out. And a minute later, Jay White's hit his finisher. We're 15 minutes in, I'm barely even paying attention because I'm just assuming Okada kicks out. But no, Jay White wins. Like that. J White, that's J A Y W H I T E. J White just beat Okada clean in 15 minutes at Wrestle Kingdom with one finisher. I didn't like this one bit. Not for me, not for me at all. This is Okada. This is the guy Kenny Omega took 70 minutes, 60 minutes, 50 minutes, and J White beats him in 15 minutes. J White. Now, I know J White's a big internet darling. But for me, he's a good wrestler. Yeah, he's good. But what has he done to be in the spot like this of beating Okada at Wrestle Kingdom? It doesn't get much bigger than that for a wrestler, or it shouldn't do. And I'm just thinking, what did JY do last year, right? I'm not shitting, I'm shitting on him, right? I watched, what, 12 matches of his in G1, and they were all decent matches with stupid finishes. I didn't enjoy any of the matches at all in G1. So he had 12 matches that I wasn't really a big fan of. He had an average title match with Kenny friggin' Omega. He had an average match at the Dome last year with Tanahashi. 
Do you know what I mean? What has he done to earn this spot? I can only think that it's because the elite are leaving, possibly Kenny, Cody, that maybe they're just trying to get Western... Well, he's not even Western, he's from New Zealand. They're just trying... I don't even know that argument's out of the water. I, English, first language English, speaking people over, I don't know. It was bizarre for me. I can't believe they put White over Omega in this match. I was fuming about this. Well, not fuming, because at the end of the day, it's a wrestling match, who gives a shit, but... In, in the context of wrestling, I wasn't quite happy about the ending of this match, shall we say. I just thought it was bizarre. They should have... Rainmaker's back. Okada's back. The crowd. There's none of this 50-50 bullshit we've got with Okada last year from the crowd. The crowd going apeshit for him. Have him go over Jay White clean. Jay White won't be affected by this. Jay White can go and attack someone tomorrow and get his heat back. Okada should be winning this match. But no. Jay White wins in 15 minutes. And now, to be fair, although I buried the outcome of this match, it was actually a pretty good match. It was just the ending left a sour taste in my mouth. The crowd were great for it. The wrestling was fine in it. But the ending, nah, not for me at all. Not for me at all. Flipping out, I can't remember the last time I watched a New Japan show. I didn't realise I'd be, like, shitting on the show this much. I actually feel a bit bad because, believe it or not, I love New Japan. I'm probably going to go to the Tokyo Dome next year, hopefully, touch wood, to watch the show. But... I don't know if it's because I was tired or what. It can't be that. It can't be that because I sit through WWE shows on a weekly basis. So, but next, right? So we've I've sort of shitted on the previous parts of the show. Next, we had the double main event, which for me saved not saved because it was fine and stuff before. It just wasn't your Wrestle Kingdom level of excellence that we're used to. Next, we had Naito versus Chris Jericho for the IWGP Intercontinental title. Jericho comes out. He's a friggin' superstar. I love the fuzzy music. Do you know what I mean? I, I like Jericho's theme in WWE, but we should have had this fuzzy music years ago. For a heel Jericho, it's perfect. He comes out with a white face paint on. He looks like a fucking lunatic. Naito comes out, he's a star as well obviously, um, it's just great, the match starts, there's a man in his mid-40s taking a pile driver onto the stage, five minutes later we've got Jericho hitting a DDT onto the table to Naito, Naito's head was inches away from snapping back, he lands right on his head, Naito has had some close shaves this last 12 months, he needs to calm down a bit, I shouldn't be laughing about it. But yeah, it was a great spot. You'll see gifs and or gifs of this flying about all over Twitter, I'm sure. Um, great spot here where Jericho rings the bell himself, asks Red Shoes to raise his hand as he thinks it's all over. Red Shoes refuses to do so. I thought to myself, well, if you're in the arena, you're wondering what's going on here when you hear the bell ring. But yeah, Red Shoes ain't having any of it. That was a great start to the match. We have everything. We have chairs. We have finisher kickouts. We have great storytelling in the match for once. Well, not for once, but it was just great storytelling. Jericho, people say, last year, can he keep up with Kenny? Can he keep up with Naito? He's Chris Jericho. He can do whatever he wants. The match, I think it went, I think they said 22 minutes the match went. It ends with Naito. Naito hits his second Destino on Jericho for the win. Great match. I loved this match. It was, it was, it was good to see a great match after watching some of the stuff I'd watched before. There was no frustration in this. I think Naito was the right man to win. Part of me wanted Jericho to win purely for the fact that he'd mean he'd be staying in New Japan as I want him on that Madison Square Garden show that I will be at in April. But Naito is your new IWGP Intercontinental Champion and it's our seventh, sorry to go back on the negative, our seventh title change of the show. Now for me, I've said this and I'm going to talk about this for the next match, Tanahashi Omega. 
right? When you're having your two big titles switch hands, yeah? For me, the matches before shouldn't have title changes. I know they needed to do it because they wanted to get the belt off certain people, but they could have done that tomorrow, they could have done that another way. When when the crowd have already seen, what, six title changes, the, the pop and the, I don't even know, the feel is not going to be the same when you've already seen six title changes when a big title changes hands. So for me, that's I'm not a big fan of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're having a big title change at the end of the show, don't litter the lead-up with constant title changes. But that was what we got. But, hey, Nile Jericho was a great match. I've gone four and a quarter stars on this match. I loved it. It really picked my mood up. I was back with the show. It was a great match. Great match. And people, someone tweeted me the other day saying that Jericho shouldn't be an active wrestler anymore. Do one. He's great. So, next we had our Tokyo Dome main event, Tanahashi versus Kenny Omega. I'm going to start by saying this was an excellent, excellent match. But like I said, there shouldn't have been all these title changes before, as I felt, I'm going to skip right ahead instead of reading through the match, that the pop at the end, while it was a great pop, it should have had that better feel to it. In the building, it was a loud pop, but for me, watching at home, I'd already seen seven bloody title changes. So for an eighth title change, it was like, meh, whatever, they're changing all the belts. Whereas really, I've been really into this Tanahashi story that it was told brilliantly throughout the G1. Do you know what I mean? In winning matches after matches, he had one of the best matches I've ever seen with Ibushi in the G1 final. And then I just felt, oh, the feeling that when he won the title at the end of this just wasn't what I was hoping for. But that aside... This match, as a match, was absolutely fantastic. I loved the spot. This was nothing to do with moves or anything. The spot at the start of the match, where the table's out, Tanahashi makes you think that he's going to put Omega through it. He throws him towards the table, but keeps him throwing and throws him back into the ring. Later on, when he feels he can't beat Omega, he's forced to use the table to try and finish Kenny off. Kenny, of course, rolls out of the way, and Tanahashi goes right through the table. You had Omega who broke the count after he'd gone through the table, which Kelly on commentary said that he may later regret, which to me sort of confirmed that Tanahashi was probably winning. Um, we had a great punch and slap sequence in the match. That was went on for a minute. That was brilliant. Um, Omega hit his own high fly flow. Tanahashi kicked out at one. That was great spot. Some of the V-triggers in this match, I'm thinking, Christ, the man's in his 40s. You don't need to take his head off, but... They were brutal V triggers. They were working stiff. It was just, it was a great match, wasn't it? It was it was it was the match of the night comfortably. I thought they went. Did they go? I think I remember the th- well, Charlton Chris Charlton is it who was on commentary said that this match going thirty five minutes made it the longest match in the main event of the Tokyo Dome, which is of course not true. But so the match at least went thirty five minutes. I think it went about just under forty, maybe I don't know. But anyway, I'm not burying Charlton because he did a great job on the show. The guy, he's like a book for New Japan. He's absolutely fantastic on commentary. And um, Omega, he kicked out of a big high fly flow, but Tanahashi wins when he hits his second high fly flow of the match for the clean victory. I've noticed that's a bit of a trend, really. Naito won after hitting his move decisively twice in a row. We had. Juice Robinson who did the same and Tanahashi who did the same but sometimes that it makes sense doesn't it if someone kicks out your finisher hit it again don't hit your finisher and then I don't know make your way to 
ringside or something or uh, I don't know do whatever you want sorry I'm blabbering on a bit there but yeah so the match ends Tanahashi is your new IWGP heavyweight champion I've gone four and a half stars on this match I thought it was it was a great match wasn't now although a lot of people weren't the biggest of fans of Olcard and Naito last year I was I thought it was a classic I thought it just about edged this match but that's not nothing bad about this match it was great so yeah, so I think the double main event saved the show. We had, I thought Okada JY was a good match. Didn't like the ending, obviously. Kushida Ishimori, not, it could have been great, should have been great, wasn't great. Ishii's Sabre was a really good match. It was just the time, the time thing really annoyed me. As you can, I'm sure you can tell if you've listened to the previous, however long this podcast has been. But yeah, so for me, it's tough you comparing the previous Wrestle Kingdoms to this it wasn't on the level of that it wasn't on the level of last year's do you know what I mean when you had Naito Okada Jericho Omega the junior heavyweight four where you had that classic Goto Suzuki match there was nothing really to me that compared to that Goto Suzuki match which was probably only the third best match on that I don't match that I love that Goto Suzuki match but yeah, so it, it wasn't as good as last year. It wasn't as good as Dominion. It wasn't as good as the previous year's Wrestle Kingdom. But this is still one going to be one of the better shows of this year, I'm sure, in the world of wrestling. We're just that damn spoiled with New Japan. So I feel like, do you know what I mean? To be fair, though, we give New Japan a hell of a lot of credit. I know it pisses off all the WWE marks. So it's only fair. I say, I'm, I'm a big New Japan fan. I love it. But it's only fair to give a balanced opinion when the show's over if it wasn't up to the level that it usually is so i've tried to do that i hope i'm not pissed off any new japan fans i say i love new japan for me it's the best promotion in the world not even close but it didn't the show didn't live up to the hype that we as fans slap on it because we're that used to brilliance but we've been spoiled this was a as far as we've it was a big transition show i feel for new japan this do you know what i mean they've sort of it's gonna be it's a bit like when do you remember when uh obviously aj nakamura Gallows, Anderson, all left in one sweep. It's probably going to be a bit like that. As you're not going to probably, I don't even. We've not, not, we don't know anything about this yet. But we're probably we're assuming we're not going to see the Bucks. They put a tweet saying thank you Japan, which hints they're probably going to be leaving. We know Cody's not going to be over there much, although he said he wants to do the G1. But yeah, so I mean, I was glad that Tanahashi won the main event. Um, but hey. It had a, at least the show had a good feel good ending, not like bloody WrestleMania that usually gets booed out boos at the end of every show. But notably on this show is another norm. Skirl and Hangman Page lost, Young Bucks lost, Kenny Omega lost, and Cody Rhodes lost. Decisively clean. What does that tell you? But yeah, so as I say, it's the end of an era for New Japan. A lot of the Western talent are looking likely to leave, which for me was probably one of the main reasons you had Jay White and Osprey go over so decisively. For me, Osprey, Osprey and Sabre are two of the best five or six wrestlers in the world. Build them around then. I mean, to me, Osprey, Sabre, twice as good as Jay White. They should be the top two guys. You're Western. Well, White's not Western. English speaking as the first language guy should be Sabre and Osprey, but they're going with Jay White. Sorry if I've pissed off his marks, but hey. So yeah, so the show. It was a mixed bag. A mixed bag. We had a great double main event. We had some good matches on the undercard, not as good as we expected them to be, or at least I expected them to be. But the double main event was fantastic. So in a vacuum, it was a very good show. It doesn't really help, does it? The last two Wrestle Kingdoms have 
probably been the best two shows of all time. Dominion in the summer was definitely one of the best shows of all time. So it wasn't quite that level, but it was a probably a four out of five show, really. Eight out of ten. So anyway, that actually brings me to my Twitter poll. Nice little transition, Zack Sabre style there. So the poll I put up on Twitter, out of five... 55% went with 5 out of 5, which I strongly disagree with. Maybe those people are watching New Japan for the first time, I don't know. Maybe they're just not as miserable as I am, but yeah, maybe they're watching it for the first time. If I was watching that show for the first time, I'd probably think, yeah, it was great, but obviously I've watched three years. Probably, what well, New Japan's been great for three, more than three years, really, now. We've watched brilliant show after brilliant show, so we're all spoiled. 4 out of 5 got 29%, which is probably the score I'd give it, it was a very good show, not great, do you know what I mean, but 4 out of 5 I think is fair for this show, but the wrestling newspaper, Twitter audience see it as a 5 out of 5 show, match of the night, as we've already said, the black poll was Omega Tanahashi, won that poll with 56%, second to Jericho Naito with 26 and I completely agree with that, so yeah, Omega Tanahashi, match of the night, Oh, I can't believe that it's over for another year. We've now got, that's it, tomorrow. New Year's Dash, that is tomorrow morning. So make sure you watch that show for people who don't watch New Japan as religiously as I do. It's like the Raw after WrestleMania. All the new angles start, do you know what I mean? It's like a season premiere. It's usually a great show. It's probably my favourite venue in the world for wrestling, Corican Hall. It'll be a lot better atmosphere than the Tokyo Dome. It's a tight-knit building, great atmosphere. I love Corican Hall. So yeah, watch New Year's Dash tomorrow. It's free on New Japan World. If you're not a subscriber and you stream the show today, which you shouldn't be doing, that's very, very bad. But you shouldn't be doing that. Um, but yeah, so New Year's Dash is free on New Japan World tomorrow morning. It'll be the early hours of today for the Americans, I'm guessing. But for me, I think it's 7 a.m. So yeah, so what's going to happen on New Year's Dash? Will the Elite be there? What's going to happen? What are the new storylines? I can see maybe a JY as much as I don't want him to, to get involved with Tanahashi. I, hopefully we find out some of the matches that are gonna they're going to build towards for this big show in Madison Square Gardens, the match I want to see is Okada versus Jericho, how good would that match be, give us Okada Jericho, build that tomorrow, hopefully they do that, so yeah, so that's it, that's Wrestle Kingdom 13 is in the books, I, I posted a few pictures on Twitter that my mate's been sending, my mate Neil, he went to um, the show, he's just messaged me, I think he's probably smashed by now, but he's messaged me saying that the show was amazing live, which I'm sure it was, about the Tanahashi match, it was brilliant live, I'll be posting some pictures that he's put up, sent across to me, I'll try and edit the dirty, filthy, smelly lead flag that he's got in some of his pictures for people who don't want to see stuff like that at this time of the morning, but yeah, I'll be putting some pictures up from him, Hope you've enjoyed the show. I don't mean to shit on the show. It wasn't as bad maybe as I whipped on about, but it just wasn't up to the usual level as Wrestle Kingdom. But hey, there's a lot of stuff to be excited about in New Japan. We're building towards a lot of shows coming up this year, some big shows. We'll be back reviewing all those shows. Might not do a review on New Year's Dash tomorrow. I might do, I'm not sure. Depends really on all time really is obviously got stuff to do on a Saturday but yeah I hope you've enjoyed the show that is it January 4th 2019 Wrestle Kingdom 13 it's in the books I'm Daniel follow us on Twitter at WrestleNewsPAPR follow us on iTunes subscribe to the podcast give us a five star rating if you've enjoyed the show if you've not enjoyed the show do whatever you want really 
Podbean, check us out on Podbean, just search Wrestling Newspaper Podcast, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, just follow the show, I review every New Japan show, I'll be reviewing the TNA, TNA pay-per-views this year, every WWE show gets reviewed on this podcast, I will be in New York doing a WrestleMania Diaries podcast, we will be doing a podcast with one of my friends, he's going to be doing an All Elite Wrestling podcast, coming soon, bit of a breaking news there all elite podcast will be coming very very soon to the wrestling newspaper podcast channel it's going to be a big year hope you enjoyed wrestle kingdom 13 hope you were as miserable as i was enjoy new year's dash tomorrow i'm daniel see you later I went to uh, I was in Sheffield. Oh I was, I was studying. Sheffield's university. Become the week. Yeah. Do a song, do a song. Yeah. Just song. A wrestler. Oh god. 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 Oh The waste of time. I even say, be my friends. Leave me just to stay in bed. Take my hand, drive real far. Just turn above the way we are. In my mind, the dreams are real. Nothing's gonna turn above the world.